Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. Anyone who listens to Open House knows we're great champions for women. And with Australia having just marked International Women's Day, it's an important time to reflect on the achievements, the struggles, the opportunities women face today. In many ways, very often in the Christian community, there's much, much unfinished business. Sadly, there's the need for a continued emphasis on the issue of violence towards women. One woman is killed in Australia every week by a current or former partner. One in three women over the age of 15 report physical and sexual violence at some time in their lives. It's the leading cause of homelessness in women. The death of Melbourne woman Jill Maher last year was a huge wake-up call to the community at large. Just last week, there was a teenager from Sydney's Castle Hill sexually abused by five men, and a woman was attacked in a university accommodation a few weeks ago, allegedly by an asylum seeker. We're wanting an open-house conversation tonight to mark International Women's Day on 1-300-40-2020. What are the issues we need to reflect on? with those achievements, the struggles and the opportunities women face. How much progress has Australia made? What is the unfinished business in your view? Why do we still have this huge problem with violence against women? What can be done to reduce the prevalence of it? Maybe you've fallen victim to violence from a partner, family member or friend. I'd be keen for you, if you're up to it, to share your experience your story. Shine a light on something that's all too often kept in the dark. Give us a call on 1300 40 2020 or post on our Open House Community Facebook page. Sarah Corbell is from the Gippsland Women's Health Service in Victoria. Sarah works to optimise the health and well-being of women, including the prevention of violence. She says there needs to be a culture change and preventive measures can be put in place to see this happen. And Sarah joins us now on Open House. Sarah, welcome. Oh, thank you, Lee. Thanks very much for joining us. I know an important part of International Women's Day for you is to celebrate women in positions of leadership. Can I ask you this? How broad is that? What are the particular areas of life where women are stepping up and taking on these roles of leadership? Look, women are stepping up in their local communities, within volunteer agencies, uh, local government. We're seeing a slow increase in women stepping up to be counsellors. Uh, however, I would like to say that we need to encourage women to do this more often. And a lot of the time, the barrier is simply women don't think that they have the skills to do the role. They don't feel confident um, and, and maybe that they need um, something extra that the men have that are stepping up to those positions. But um, one of our local mayors in our region actually did say that men tend to step up even if they're not quite sure <laughs> and they learn as they go because he said most leadership roles do have that support system in place and he encouraged those women at an International Women's Day breakfast to say please step up because you can learn these skills on the job men and women around you will support you to do that so local government's one example uh, but certainly across the Brits whether it's in um, business sector and it's very difficult for women to get ahead in the business sector because we look at women having to leave uh, to have children um, not progressing through as their male counterparts may be doing so I guess the message is if you see an opportunity you're a woman and you feel confident that you can do that take that step and 
be feel confident that there's those around you that will support you to do that role. And not necessarily in business, it's community no. work as yes. well, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. In community, we often see, when we look at our volunteer and our emergency services, that women tend to take that back role and, and be doing a lot of that logistics behind the scene, uh, but step up and, and become those leaders. And I think the men that working alongside them, if they can show them that they respect them for that, that they're not going to treat them any differently to uh, a male in that position, then women are more likely to do that. Sarah, before we get to the acknowledged struggles of many women, especially when it comes to violence against women, there's also much to celebrate when you compare the position of women in our community, say, 30, 40 years ago when the feminist movement got going. Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, we have come a long way, but when we look at women particularly in leadership roles, we're not, we're not anywhere close to where we need to be. When we look at what women earn um, in the workplace, we're certainly not any, anywhere close to being equal to men. But I, I feel that sometimes we, um, in those celebrations, we forget that we still are struggling because when we look at being a woman being is the highest risk in Australia for actually having violence perpetrated against you, there's a ra- really large gap. When we look at our superannuation between men and women and what women are retired, on when we look at homelessness issues um, and, and being a woman and what that actually can mean as a primary caregiver. So there are still really large gaps and even larger gaps when you look at certain women in our community. So Indigenous women have um, bigger struggles. So do women with disabilities. They have a higher risk of experiencing violence. And for women coming from different cultures, migrants and refugees coming in, they're actually more likely to be murdered by a partner or less likely to get appropriate help when they're leaving a violent situation. So we've got some really big gaps for all women and then there's particular women in our community that those gaps are even larger for them. Why is that gap? You see and hear much of this with the organisations with which you're involved. Why is this still a problem in 2013? We know, particularly for violence against women, that most violence is perpetrated by normal men. These are not um, men that have health issues uh, or have been labelled as psychopaths. They are normal men. It's occurring in a context of a gender unequal society. So these normal men are just acting out these gender norms that they've interpreted and that they've learnt from living in gender unequal society. So there's a crucial link between violence and power. You know, it's an expression of a man's power over his partner. And also when you look at the general acceptance of other forms of violence within the community so that it can just get washed under and, and particularly if it's violence perpetrated between a, a, from a man to a woman that he knows and we ten, tend to treat that less seriously as if there's something that she must have done but when we look at the dynamics behind it this is always around power and control and that it's male privilege over their partner and we're looking we're associating masculinity with violence and we do that we on everyday life we celebrate masculinity and violence when we look at um football field for example you know they hold up the blokes that can take the hardest hit and um you know get back out there and do it and then we hear comments about women that uh you know oh she was asking for it or if she just learnt to shut her mouth and and that's about women being submissive and men being dominant and and these messages continually 
uh, thrown at us in society, whether it's through images on the TV, people's reactions when we have something like the Jill Ma case. You certainly could see possible perpetrators coming out with comments around, well, what was she doing out at that time? You know, she was drinking. She, of course, she should have had someone walking with her and, and really started to look at the victim and, and how that victim actually may have caused the violence. There are more and more men who are increasingly aware and actually get yes. the problem that this is. What are the practical ways in which men can become more aware to change their thinking, their behaviour? It's starting with yourself and just acknowledging that, yes, I have male privilege because I'm a man. I am not as afraid of being attacked in, the, in public. I'm not as afraid of, of violence from my partner. Um, so just starting with yourself and how do you carry yourself around other women? And, and in the workplace, have you um, put a woman down because she's a woman? Or have you invaded a woman's space knowingly? In, in trying to, you know, overbear her and and show her that you're, um, you know, your masculine power against her. But also, I think there's the next one, which is the bystander. So there's sort of three stages to that. It's either witnessing, what you do if you witness. The second is if you're aware that someone's actually experiencing it or one of your mates may be perpetrating it. Or the third one is standing up, which is what we were talking about before around, you know, challenging friends and, and workmates with those sexist remarks or jokes that are inappropriate that degrade women, you know, accessing sexually explicit material. The same thing, women as passive objects and associating sexuality with male dominance. So I just want to go back to the witnessing violence. So this is very important. However, it's not very likely that you are going to witness violence because we know that most violence against women actually occurs in the family home when there isn't really any witnesses other than children who also are greatly impacted on by men's violence against women. But if you witness violence, it's about, from a safe distance, being a witness and saying, I can see what you're doing, mate, you need to stop. I'm calling the police. So very clearly and be prepared to do that. Asking her, are you okay? Do you need me to call a friend? Do you need me to call a taxi? I'm actually going to call the police. What's happening here? Not okay. So that bystander, but also being a witness, because men tend to not perpetrate violence against women in front of other men that they know are not thinking the same as them. So, of course, we have... Um, if a man was to walk past, you're actually reinforcing and saying that behaviour is okay. Yes. And it may be because you're hesitant to be, get involved. I might make it worse. Um, violence could be thrown back towards me. But if you can do it from a safe distance and be a witness, it's sending a very clear message and you're also probably stopping that incident of violence. Sarah, can I ask you this? What would be your message to perhaps two kinds of people who might be listening tonight, some of whom I'd love to hear from, First, a perpetrator of some kind of violence against women, but also a victim of it. What would you say to each of those? Okay, so for, for a victim, um, they are the best people to know when it's safe to get help. Um, we do know that women are at their highest risk um, of physical violence when they are trying to leave the relationship. So if anyone is thinking of doing that, that they need to look at what support systems do they have around them. Um, calling, we have the 1800 Respect Line, which is a national line, that you can talk to someone about safety planning, what stuff do I need. Um, if you're actually in um, direct 
threat of physical violence, of course, calling the police is always that first step, but trying to find someone that believes you when, if you want to disclose, a friend that you think is going to say, yep, okay, what do you want to do about that? And I know that women have often disclosed and the response has been appalling, whereas, you know, you just need to work on this or, oh, surely he wouldn't do that or it can't be as bad as what you're saying. Women are the best judge of how serious the violence is against them. Yes. So for any women out there, maybe the first step is, is calling a line like that, 1-800-RESPECT, it's anonymous, and just chatting to say, I think this is what's happening to me and I don't know where to go. And they can always refer you back to a local family violence service because there are services out there that help women work through this and they don't say you need to leave the man now. They simply help you assess your safety put in some safety planning, and if you are ready to leave, then they will assist you to do that. And to um, the perpetrator. And so there may be men that are actually concerned themselves about their behaviour. And Victoria has the men's referral service, which is actually one 800 065-973. That's a free call within Victoria. But you can get online and find the men's referral line, which is a national line as well. Because first step, if you're concerned of your own behaviour, is to um, talk to someone about it. Find a mate that you can actually talk to, but if not, professionals. Just because we know that men can change. This is a behaviour. It's alert behaviour. It's not because of... Anger that makes them perpetrate. Anger's a feeling just as much as happiness and excitement, but it's a learning how to manage that feeling. For men that are perpetrating, just remember that it is something that you can get help with and you can change your behaviour. But if you don't take that first step, it will escalate your control over your partner. You will continue to exercise that control in many different ways, more so than just physical violence. Controlling where they can go, who they can see, limiting their friends, not allowing them access to enough money or making them account for money, making it difficult with their work, threatening them, threatening property, pets, or if you leave, I'll hurt you, or if you leave, you'll never get the kids. And all of that is part of that power and control circle and that wheel. And so for me, then first step is getting help or talking to a mate about it to say that I'm concerned about my behaviour. Sarah Corbell from the Gippsland Women's Health Service in Victoria. Thank you so much indeed for joining us on Open House. I really hope this has been a helpful conversation for many people, men and women. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.